Blog Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Robert Brining, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroth. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm not good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to have um, our guest on today, and uh, I just had a really good week. How about you? Um, uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to, like, lay out on my sob story, but... Um, because of the show I might be doing, I've just been dealing with contracts and agents and lawyers, and I've been on the phone like eight hours a day, and it's kind of sucked. And the weather here in um, New York has been hot, but rainy and gray, so it's, it's, it's I've had better weeks, so let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally understand. Um, do you have anything coming up that you would like to um, talk about or any you know, events or anything? Um, no, not, not in particular. Um, I've been so busy. I actually sort of haven't really, I literally was like, okay, I have to call. (laughs) Let me call now. Um, uh, no, I'm just excited for pride. It's pride this weekend and uh, I'll go to the pier dance and, uh, just shake my thing. And when is, uh, Philly pride? Does that happen already? I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) Oh, okay. How bad bad am I? I don't even know. I, I, I usually don't go to those kinds of events. I don't know why. I yeah, I don't really either. I like the pier dance in New York because it's outdoors, and usually the weather's good. Um, I don't know about this go-round because it's been so crappy, but um, it's just fun to see because it's the one thing I do. I don't go to any of those big parties anymore, so I, it's like a, a good chance to say hi to everyone and be like, I'm still alive. I'm here. Hi. You know, so. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, for people who are listening live and are in the chat room and are on the radio show page, if you actually look to your right, there's a, a banner that flashes with featured shows, and today they featured our our, our episode because we're having um, the Emmy Award-winning uh, AIDS activist Marvin Brown on, and also she's the author of The Naked Truth, Young, Beautiful, and HIV Positive. And, um, you know, they, so they featured the show. They allow me to, you know, put certain ones in, and they chose to feature it, so I'm kind of excited about that, too. Oh, excellent. I love her. I've met her like three or four times at different events, and she's super sweet and funny and gorgeous. And um, I read her book. Um, it was in one of the giveaway bags at, um, at like a pause event or some sort of – I can't remember what event it was. But um, – and I read it. I, I, I was looking for it today. I, I think it's under my bed somewhere. I wanted to reread it and relook at it, but um, it's, her, her story is really interesting, so I can't wait to talk to her. Yeah, I um I went out and bought it right away. I friended her on MySpace about a year ago, and she was always so nice and so kind to me, kind of, you know, just like how, how you have been and, and people like Bob Bowers and, you know, who reached out to me who had the experience when I didn't. And um, she just always had this place, like, I instantly fell in love with her and became her friend. And right. I, I, it was just something that was this attraction that was, like, 
drawn from her that I, I just had to get. So as soon as her book came out, I ran it, got it, and I read it. And it's so funny. And honestly, I'm saying this. It's the first book that I've read in 10 years from front to back. And <laughs> Without lots of pictures? Really, no, not lots of pictures. And I don't – I can't – see, I'm not a reader. I'll buy books a lot, and I'll start reading it, and I lose interest, or they're like words that I don't understand, and I'm just like, this isn't relatable to me. And her book was relatable to me from the beginning to the end, and the way that she, she tells her story is just so so, uh, so commendable, because things like this, like her book is what should be passed out to people who are becoming HIV positive, and not, right. and not HIV 101 pamphlets and things of that nature. Well, I also think it's a great reminder that it, HIV disease is a disease that affects everybody. And even, in, and I, you know, am not, uh, you know, completely unbiased. I mean, I remember the first time I met her, I was like, oh, what's this girl doing at this HIV event? You know, I just assumed, oh, she's a young woman. She's not, I mean, you know, it's like because we have all these preconceived notions about what HIV looks like and who it affects that I even was like, oh, and then when I found out she was HIV positive, I was like, oh, okay, gosh, I'm stupid. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm stupid for making assumptions about people and we all do it, so. Right, well, um, we have Marvelin on the line, so I'm about to bring her on, and for people listening, you can find out more about Marvelin at marvelinbrown.com, and we'll throw that in the chat room, and let me bring Marvelin on. Marvelin, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Foxy. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm. We have to like play a game. How many times my phone hangs up during this interview because I have horrible service where I am. So I apologize now. That's okay. I've that's happened. I've been on radio shows where the exact same thing has happened to me. So. Don't worry about it. Just call back. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk smack about you when you're offline, and then when you come back on, we'll be nice to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then that'll be my turn to talk smack, so it's all good. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you forever. How have you been doing? No, I'm good. I'm good. I cannot complain. I'm I'm all right. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about. Um, well, people can find you at marvelandbrown.com. Again, we put that in the chat room for people. And you guys can call in at any point during the show if you have a question. Um, so you can do that as well. And we'll put your questions in the chat room. Um, Marvelin, you reached out to me in a way that really touched me when, um, you know, we friended each other on MySpace um, last year. And I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for me, from inspiring me from reading your book to putting my website in your book, I just feel that I owe a lot to you. And I just wanted to thank you publicly first before I started asking you questions <laughs> because, you know, that means a lot to somebody who's like me who's trying to get involved in the AIDS community and, and becoming more open and, and become an activist to have people like you who, who turn around and, and help me and not push me away and feel like I'm going to compete with them. No, no, that's never that's never been my thing. I mean, I mean, we're definitely in this fight together. I never looked at it as a competition. I mean, I was an athlete in high school, as you know, from reading the book, and I can be a competitive person when it's time. But when it's something dealing with, you know, people's health, I mean, I don't I don't see it as a competition at all. I, you know, I see us in this together. So, I mean, it means a lot, you know, hearing that from you because, I mean, I didn't do nothing but give you my time. 
Right. But that means a lot. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I mean, you don't know that. You don't realize that. You know, I just look at it, you know, as someone reaching out to me as, you know, and I I just reaching back out. You know, you you don't think by taking out your time that you, you know, be helping someone else. So it's good for me to hear that too, you know. One, there's a lot. I mean, you need to be commended for that because there's a lot of people, especially in places like New York and L.A. where everyone's, like, so self-absorbed that they don't give their time. Right. You know, and sometimes that's all it takes. It might be talking to someone in who's having a crisis. It might be volunteering. It might be whatever. But I mean, time is valuable, and like you, you know, you never know what effect that's going to have on someone. Right. So cool. So, um, what made you want to tell your story and 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 write a book? Well, I mean, it it was never something like, oh my God, I'm I'm going to write a book. It really just happened. It, it it really did. I was receiving an award, and I was going to Washington, D.C., and I was broke. I was like, I cannot even afford to go get this award. And it just so happened that the other award recipients was having the same problem. So um, they decided to put us all in one room in a bed and breakfast. So we had to sleep with these unknown people, and, you know, it was, it was very similar to a hospital situation. And, you know, everyone wants to know, you know, why are you getting your award? Why are you getting your award? And, you know, so I said, you know, that I was living with HIV and, you know, what I had been doing and why I was getting the award. And, you know, one of the girls was like, you should write a book. And I'm thinking, whatever. You know, like, I, I hear it so much, you know, you should write a book. But, you know, nothing ever happens. And she was like, no, I'll help you. And actually that girl is um, Courtney E. Martin, and she wanted to be my co-author, you know, for the book. But once it was in place, I really wanted to write the book to give people the in-depth look. You know, you only get so much from an interview and um, anything. So I wanted to give them the full story before and after HIV. And then the Naked Truth, the name, where did that come from? It actually came from HarperCollins. It was was their idea. Me, personally, I would have... Chosen a marvelous life, but you know the naked truth works. I was down for it, well, <laughs> and remember, that was that. I remember you told me we were talking about writing books because I was, and you're like, you should write a book too. And I was <laughs> like, and and you said that's what you wanted it to be called, but they wanted to call it the naked truth. I actually like your title better, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I for, stuck with it. It's I, I like it now. I like it. I love the cover. I love I love the book. Period. So you know, I'm 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 happy. I think it was a wise decision. Yeah. Now, for people that don't haven't read the book and don't know your story, like, can you just give us a kind of a quick synopsis, if you don't mind? Yes, sir. I was diagnosed with HIV when I was 19, um, and when being diagnosed, I was. Very selfish. I was, I was an athlete. I always had things handed to me, never taking anything serious at all. And um, when the doctors told me that I was HIV positive, I was even unaware that I had actually contracted the virus through sex. That's how little I knew about HIV because when it came to me, I just didn't care. You know, I didn't feel it was an issue of mine. And um, when the doctor told me, I immediately wanted more information about it. So he left out the room, and I've never been patient ever. So I said, you know, I'm going to call my friends so I can get some more information about HIV. 
So I immediately began picking up the phone, calling people, unaware of the stigma and truly what HIV was. And um, you could say the day I found out, the rest of my community also found out that I was HIV positive, and the more and more I learned about it, um, you know, I realized that I had contracted it with sex with the guy that I was with, who was someone who, you know, I loved and I trusted. Right, which it's another, it's another, I mean, I hear, unfortunately, that story all the time of people that, you know, are with long-term or so they think monogamous partners that are being completely truthful with them. And, again, I just try to reiterate, you can only protect yourself. That's all, you know, right. no matter what anyone else says. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, and as you're, you're living proof of the fact that it's, it's, there are no boundaries to who can contract HIV. So that's a great reminder. And so then what, like, how, how did that lead to where you are now? Oh my God, it was just a whirlwind experience. Like from the time I decided to put my story, um, in the Tennessean because, um, it was a, I think it was a year after my diagnosis, like a year and a few months of, you know, just hiding. And I wasn't necessarily in denial because I knew that I was HIV positive and I, and I was aware and I had no problem, you know, telling my sexual partners. But outside of that, like no one, it, I, I was going by my middle name of Cherie because, you know, Marvelyn's unique and Cherie wasn't and I just felt, Every time someone heard the word marveling, they say, oh, you know, this is the girl, you know, with HIV or AIDS or whatever they wanted to call it. And um, I had gave my first speaking engagement six months into my diagnosis. And from that particular speaking engagement, I had been getting calls from this reporter wanting me to put the story in the paper. And so after meetings and meetings that we set up that I never showed up to, because I knew that speaking engagement could only touch the people in the room and, you know, it may touch someone after them, but sooner or later it would fade off where I knew putting my story in the paper was, you know, forever. It was something that, for, like, in the archives, it was something that I could not change. I was more so scared of that. But I decided to put it in the paper when I kept hearing the myths that everyone was saying about me and about HIV in general, and I began to realize, you know, truly I wasn't the only one infected with HIV, although my community had a way of making me feel that way, as if I did something different, as it couldn't happen to them, that I was like, I have to put, you know, my story out there. I have to put the truth out there. And that's all I was trying to do from that one particular article, but I wound up getting a national award from it and, being placed um, on a national stage where it just opens up other opportunities uh, with 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 different media and speaking engagements. So everything happened really fast for me. So it's always been in the right place, in the right time, which um, which I know, you know, that this is God's work for me. This is something that he's laid out for me to do, and it's just a path that I've just chose to walk in now. Now, the award that you're talking about is the Emmy that you won, correct? No, no, the Emmy came later, Robert. No, the award that I received was from NAPWA. Um, it was at the Ryan White Youth Conference. It was the Tasha Durant Award uh, for Youth Leadership. 
So at this conference, I was given the award, and it was people from Kaiser in the room. It was a lot of different people, but I wound up hooking up with the Kaiser Family Foundation, which led to a whirlwind of media exposure. You know, from that and from Kaiser, I did something with MTV that I won the Emmy for. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was the, 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 the Think MTV, correct, the video? Yeah, it was a PSA that was directed by um, Joel Schumacher for MTV Think. So, yeah. And people can actually view that now on YouTube, right? Yeah, they're, they're posted on YouTube. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so people and you got to meet the the queen Oprah herself. So <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Like? Oprah was cool. I mean, you know, we just sat down and and, and had a, a conversation. Of course, it, I was with five other lovely women. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on the show. So I mean, you know, it it was great. I, w- I was just happy that, you know, they gave HIV the, the, the opportunity to yeah, be talked about on the show. I'm glad too because Oprah actually I'm a fan of hers and I'm not gonna diss Oprah. I think she's she I love her show, but she's actually right. not really she doesn't address uh, HIV issues very often, and when she does, it's very Africa-centric. And um, she's also not a huge fan of, like, gay, the gay, not that it's just a gay disease, but so to see her do that and have you have her, her bring you on the show and talk about the issue, I think that's, that's great because she, she tends not to do that a lot. So uh, she doesn't really rally around polarizing issues very often because that's the nature of her show. She's trying to... to uh, Please a broad a broad base of Middle America, but um, I, to kind of digress and get away from uh, your personal experience for one second, and and just since, uh, to ask you about I live in Harlem and I see it's you know it's primarily an African American neighborhood, and I think it's really interesting that there's a stigma within the stigma, like so there's a, there's a general stigma of HIV, but it's particularly prevalent in the African-American community, and they just, don't, they, I don't know, I'm obviously not part of that community personally, but I just think they don't talk about um, homosexuality, gay issues, sex, it seems right. not to be talked about as prevalently, and HIV certainly is very taboo. What, what, what is that? Like, what do you think about that? I mean, I just, I just feel like all issues should, I mean, especially with someone of her caliber, like, I mean, I just look at all opportunities as, you know, I looked at a lot of missed opportunities there. And, you know, for other people as well, I mean, you know, some people talk about HIV, but it's not very informative and um, it's it's not that white-on message. So I feel like the media in general could be doing a lot more, you know, to help us in this fight. Right. Um, but do you think – go ahead, Robert. I was going to say, I, I, I don't see much of HIV or AIDS really in the news at all. Right. Um, and I think it's a sad thing because even on World AIDS Day here in Philadelphia, there's no even mention of the event that was held, you know, in Philly. So I just think that it needs to get out there more. And I think by doing things like this, you know, the radio show and things that you do, Marvin, by going out and doing the speaking engagements like Jack, you know, all that stuff is, is, is bringing it out more. And um, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, but and then also like um, 
recently in the media where that guy was convicted of, I think he had like 25 years because he was infected with HIV and he wound up infecting other people. And, you know, it was like HIV was addressed in the media, but it seemed like it took us back so far because this guy was labeled the monster. And he was the monster because he was infected with HIV. I don't think it really had anything you know, to do with, you know, his actions and what he was doing because a week later I wound up going into community and I couldn't even get people to get tested because they were scared to even know their HIV status so they couldn't be held accountable for. They didn't want to be labeled the monster. And right. unfortunately, when I go into, when I went into this community, now I'm looked at as the monster because I'm infected with HIV. You know, so, I mean, the media really has to do a better job of, of what it's doing. And when it talks about HIV, it needs to make sure it's doing uh, in the right way. Right. Actually, that's interesting. I had a, I just had a talk recently about a friend of mine in L.A. who thought he became infected in a similar way that you did from someone he was dating that lied to him, and he wanted to press charges. And because in Cal, I don't know how it, what the federal law is, but in California – um, knowingly infecting someone with HIV and lying and deceiving them is a is a it's illegal and you can pro- prosecute that. And okay. I said, well, you know, I understand that you're angry, um, I, and I and I get where you're coming from. Right. But in the long term, criminalizing HIV and and making us like some sort of weapon, um, right. it doesn't it, it doesn't really do anyone any favors. I mean, I think there's a way that you can speak to this person who you're trying to get revenge on or do something to them or take action that they won't do it to someone else. But but promoting the, the concept that we as HIV positive individuals are, you know, when, you know, weapons or infecting people on purpose or we're dangerous. I mean, that just has a, a rippling negative effect where people don't get tested. Like you said, they're afraid to know right. their status. Because if they do know their status, then they have to be responsible for it. And, I mean, 20% of the HIV-positive population, they estimate, in the U.S. doesn't know that they're positive. And I think for a lot of people, that's by choice because they're scared. And that's a really bad message to send. Yeah. Yeah, the media has got to do better. I mean, I've even been noticing on the blog sites, like, people think this stuff is news. And this is where they get their information from and just the words they choose to use. And the the images that they use is 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 is, is setting us back. Right. I mean I'm yeah. shocked that uh, people still believe that you can get it from a toilet seat nowadays. I, if I hear saliva one more time, I'm like I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm so I, – I, I had to tell people, like, you know, I mean, but people honestly don't know, but I was infected in 2003, and I did not know. I, I get that. I get, but it's 2009. It's like we're out here. We're talking about it, and it's people who are still not getting it. I mean, and, 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 and that, I think part, part of that is, like you said, before you were infected – People think it doesn't apply to them. Right. And, 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 you know, there is a lot of BS and misinformation and um, le- urban legend and whatnot on the Internet. But if you go to a respectable website 
like thebody.com or aidsmeds.com or something where there's actual real medical information. I mean, it's, if you have questions, there's answers out there. You just can't be, right. you just need to know who your sources are. Right. And again, that kind of winds back into it not being enough in the media, you know what I mean, and, and things of that nature. I have um, two callers on the line, so I'm going to bring one on for you, okay, Marvelin? Okay. Okay. This is, this is Molly, are you there? Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Molly, where are you calling from? Okay. All right, uh, girl. Um, thank you for everything you're doing, and uh, keep up the good work. And my uh, question is, and this has to go with uh, going back to when we were talking about uh, HIV and the media uh-huh. uh, and everything. And it's just, I, I, I just want to know. Um, I guess, well, what is the best way to get get it out in the media and just keep talking and talking until somebody listens, or what? No, I mean, it's, it's it's regardless of whatever situation, the media is going to put on what they want to put on. What I do with Marvelous Connections, which is my consulting firm, I try to go in and talk to the media of ways that it benefits the information about HIV and also tries to benefit them because they want ratings. They, you know, it's, it's yeah. a it's a business it's, for them. It's all about money, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It, it 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 really is. But you know, they're not hearing enough. You know, I mean, me by myself, I can't do it alone. I mean, I'm out there so much. You know, everyone else can. You know, I mean, it's a part that everyone, you know, can play in this. Yeah. You know, from sending letters to the media, emailing the media. I mean, the reason why the media also hasn't addressed it because the United States hasn't addressed it. We had we we haven't been doing enough of of, of speaking up for ourselves and wanting to be accounted for in the media as well. Yeah, um, and I was just gonna, I was going to say one more thing, and I'll let you and I'll let you go. I mean, I know oh, you're fine, girl. You're fine. Okay. I, I, I know there's somebody else out there that's holding. <laughs> no, I'm 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 a, I'm I'm not positive, but you know, I'm I'm aware it's out there and everything. And you know, I'm trying. I I was involved with getting information out there for a long, uh, trying to, and then I backed away for a while. But anyway, but the thing is. I am really disappointed in the media because I used to see it all over all over the media, especially on World AIDS Day, something about it. Now it's died off and it's truly truly sad and that's mm-hmm. it heart it breaks my heart because I have lost friends to this deadly disease and it it breaks my heart and I know it would break their heart if they were still with us. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in, Molly. Thank no you. Problem. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Another caller yeah. here on the line. Go ahead, go ahead Jack. I, well, I just think it's a catch-22 situation. A lot of times, like Marvelin said, it's it's about ratings for them. And when people are doing well, like we are, and, you know, on a good health care regimen and, and, mm-hmm. and getting our blood work monitored, then – then it's not newsworthy because nobody's dying anymore, so like right. they used to. So uh, what I think also needs to happen is we need to keep talking to keep fighting the stigma and the negative stigma so mm-hmm. more people will come out. And, I mean, for example, I actually pitched a TV show idea to um, a network about, and it was revol- revolving around the concept and the subject matter of HIV and dating. 
And it was kind of a bachelor type of thing. It was, you know, it was cute, um, but they wouldn't touch it because of the whole stigma wrapped around HIV. And, like, they're like, America won't get it. They're scared of it. Like, there's – so I just think we need to keep doing what we're doing as right. a group, as individuals. And, you know, eventually – Then it was also um, – because I know um, – the insurance, you know, they they claim the the insurance around it too, like right. of a person, like of a person being positive and the network image and all this stuff. So I was just adding to what you were saying, but okay, sorry. Yeah, no, but no, that that's another concern for people too. It's like if they find out they're positive and they're knowingly, but a lot of insurance companies won't insure prior conditions, and then they worry about that, so they don't get tested. I mean, there's a lot of issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important for people like you, when you went on and did, you know, Project Runway, to be on television is important for people who are positive to be casted. People can see that we're normal people, and there's no reason for the stigma to be wrapped around like a show that was based like yours. You know what I mean? We're just normal people, and it needs to be shown more on these so-called, I want to say reality shows, but people need to be casted and, and, and really shown that we're normal. I think right. it's important. I have a caller here on the line I'm going to bring on for you, um, Marvelin. Okay. And I believe this welcome to Pause IM Radio. Who's this? Hey, what's up? It's Kenji. Hey, Kenji. Hey, Kenji. What's up, Jack and Robert? Hey. Hey, Marvelin. How's it going? I'm, I'm, I'm good, good. Good, good. I actually, I haven't read the book yet. I'm going to pick it up, but I've been hearing awesome things about you. Um, and first of all, I just want to say it is always an inspiration to me to see um, a black person standing up for this and a black person willing to take the lead on this because it is so important for our community that we stand up and say, hey, this is what it is, guys. So I commend you for that. Um, one thing that I wanted to comment on and um, that was that was said was um, – there's always so much said about the stigma in the black community, and I, I think it's important that we talk about the conversations that do take place in the African-American community because there are conversations that are going on, but just like the media puts their own spin on it because it is about money, I think ASOs and whatever other organizations also put their spin on it. There are great conversations going on there in the African-American community, in the Latino community, and they, those conversations just need to be included. Outreach needs to include African-Americans and Latinos equally. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, what yep. do you th- I mean, wh- how do you think, Marvelin, how do you think large-scale large ASOs, how do, you think we can, how, how do you think we can do a better job getting included in that? In what, the media? In, in the conversation of... Uh, how do we change the stigma? Because I, I mean, I guess the, the how I how I'm dealing with HIV is such on a different level. I'm dealing with low income homeless people, and I'm hearing their right. conversations. And I'm, but I'm when I speak to ASOs, I'm hearing, oh well, there's no barriers. Oh, there's there's care. There's this, but I hear this whole segment saying, no, there are barriers. No, there is problems with me getting care, and I'm trying to access care. But then the CDC report comes out. How do we change that? Well, the, I, I, my thing with stigma is if people are educated about HIV, and I mean not aware, I mm-hmm. mean educated about HIV, 
that is the only thing that's going to break the stigma. I mean, people are often fearful of what they don't know. Right. And um, so my biggest thing is education. I don't know much about, you know, the, the, the age service world and, and how it works because I'm not involved in that. I'm, I'm really on the prevention side, and I talk, you know, more of using my story as a cautionary tale so others won't become positive. Right. You know, so to speak. So I don't know that aspect of, you know, of, 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 of what's going on over there. But I do know, you know, as far as stigma, you know, I feel like education will help right. that. Right. Well, I commend you for the work you're doing. I can't wait to pick up the book. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, thank you. And let me know what you think. I know you're my friend on Facebook. <laughs> okay, I definitely will. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's funny. He's a hoot. Um <laughs> He is. Uh, he's just a, a, a real big uh, – Marvelin, your book can be found on your website, MarvelinBrown.com, correct? Yeah, I, you can get it on Amazon. It's in the bookstores. Well, uh, and, and you told me – go, go ahead. I was going to tell the people that are listening on, live in the chat room, right above is a picture of Marvelin's book. If you click on it, it will take you right to Amazon where you can purchase it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, and, well, and Marvelin, you were telling me – that I was like, when we were discussing writing a book, I was like, how long did it take you to write it? And you're like, oh, like six months or something. And I'm like, you jammed that, you jammed that out. <laughs> yes, I did write the book in only six months, but thanks to my co-author, you know, because I've never been good in English class, period. <laughs> so I period. definitely needed her assistance. And Robert, I cannot believe you admitted that you have not read a book in <laughs> That was hilarious. I'm just going to leave mine that I was not good at English. We don't have to discuss my grades or nothing. But just know, <laughs> in in the six months, it was it was it was my co-author. She was amazing because it was really like the longest interview of my life. I went through question after question after question after question, and then I had you know, an email with the Microsoft Word attachment of, here's the book. And I'm like, what she, she's amazing, 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 amazing. And it was really all her. So it took awesome. me about six years. Uh, I, uh, I think I found her on the HarperCollins website, and I even sent her an email thanking her for helping me with the book because I was so touched by it. So Did you know, she write you back? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, word up. Yeah. Uh-huh. See? Lots of love. <laughs> I didn't know that. She didn't tell me that. So tell us a little bit about this uh, Marvelous Connections. I know you touched on it briefly earlier, but I kind of wanted to get into a little bit more detail about it so you could um, promote it a bit and we can figure out, you know, how we can help you with that. Well, Marvelous Connection, we're we're not nonprofit. We're not for profit either. It's just basically so I can do my own thing, so I can say my own thing, how I feel, and won't have to worry about, any consequences kind of sort of thing. And I do a bunch of consulting, like I said, with with the media companies, and that's also, you know, through my personal speaking, going out into colleges and universities and high school, wherever they'll let me in, you know, because it was once I spoke at a Sweet 16 party. I do not advise to put, hey, if they let you in, go ahead, go for it. And, um, you know, just, just, just you know, 
basically um, just just getting the message about HIV out there. That's that's really what Marvelous Connections is all about. Great. And for people listening, again, we're speaking with Marvelyn Brown. That you can find information on marvelynbrown.com. You're also on MySpace, Facebook, and Twitter, right? People can follow you and you and all that. Yep, 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 yep. My, I'm on all the little social networks. MySpace, <laughs> Facebook. Twi- I just I'm new to Twitter. I am. I am new to Twitter. Well, in pause, I am. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on there too. I'm on, I know I haven't logged on in a while. I'm sorry. I honestly forgot my password. I'll I'll work it out. I'll figure it out. I'll, <laughs> I, I will figure it out. And then you like ban the whole dating thing, and I'm like, so why am I? Now nah, I'm just playing, but still. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to send emails. Sometimes you're looking good. You know, like whatever. But yeah. I gotta find my. I gotta find my passcode. I gotta find my passcode. <laughs> Um, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, and you know, the, I, the whole Twitter thing, too, for me, it's like, that's a lot of work for nothing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I really haven't fi- figured out its purpose yet. I just, I mean, because isn't it like a Facebook update? I mean, I just, Yeah, exactly. I uh, Jack, I just, Jack, did you try the tweet yet? Yeah. Hey, hey, one second, someone's at my door. <laughs> okay, whatever. Marvin, you, you, you got to try the TweetDeck. If you go to TweetDeck.com, I think it is, or Google it, what you do is it's one place where you can update your Twitter and your Facebook at the same time. Okay, now wait. Now, I, I, that was my question about um, you're talking about TweetDeck or whatever the hell you said, yeah, right? Did I tell you about that? <laughs> yeah, but I still, I opened it and I downloaded it and I did all that crap and I was like, I still don't know how to do this. Well, I got well. Mine already does that, and it's still pointless. I mean, what is? It's still no point of Twitter. This is what I'm saying. What is the point behind Twitter? I don't get it. It's well, you know what? I hung out with. I was at the um the Fleetwood Mac concert, and I was hanging out with this 16 year old girl, um, and her family. I was. It wasn't just. It wasn't just me. Her, but um. <laughs> But she was, was master of Twitter. She's like, no, 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 you have to do this, and then you put this, and you add this symbol, and then it connects to all your friends, and then you can send pictures. And, like, I think if you're really good at that, I'm too old to learn any of that new crap. But but I think oh if you God. know what's going on, then then, you, then it's worthwhile. I think it's for, quite honestly, I think it's for PR people and people under, like, eighth grade and below. Like, I can't handle that. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Exactly. You can post pictures and I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't. It's it's something else I got to keep up with that, you know, I just, when I can, I do. I have another caller here on the line I'm going to bring on for you. Bring on. Who are you? Where are you calling from? It's Daddy Dad calling him to say hey to Marvelin and to y'all. Hey, Dad. How are you, Marvelin? I'm good. I I just wanted to thank you for for being an important young female African American voice out there and doing what you do. Uh, when you did our first Women's HIV Prevention Convention here in Jacksonville in March, you did an excellent job. Thank you. You know, I try, I try. I just wish you all the best and continued success in your activism. 
Thank you very much. And I'm going to get you those pictures of Dad the Bear has been everywhere with me. <laughs> He's dirty. Get him wide. You know, like daddy, like son. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you take care, sweetie, and I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Take care, guys. Bye. I just got my dad the AIDS bear um, two days ago in the mail. And um, I can't wait to start blogging about it because we're going to start doing blogs on Paz I Am, and I'm going to start, you know, blogging with it kind of. You know, normally, so we can kind of get used to it. So I'm excited about receiving one of his bears. I wanted to thank Dad for sending that to me. One of the um, part, one of the main parts in your book that really touched me was um, when you were in a car accident. And I know I spoke to you a little bit before um, about this, but I was able to find the exact location. There's a part of this I want to read um, to the people listening, just because it's so powerful to me um, that I think it'll really help other people. Um, this was right after you were leaving. I believe it was Walmart, right, Marvelin? You said it's when? When you were leaving a Walmart. Okay, yeah, go ahead, read it. Okay, it says, and I says, I almost died, I almost died. I said inside of my head over and over again, what if it wasn't HIV that was going to kill me? What if life was so unpredictable that all of us, any of us, could lose our lives any day? What if I wasn't especially cursed with bad luck or doom? but actually destined to be something important in my lifetime on earth. What if God had just saved me for a reason? I hadn't thought about God fondly for months, but in that moment I couldn't help but believe that he was speaking directly through the slamming brakes and the billowing smoke of the semi-truck. He wanted something more for me, didn't want me to give up yet. And that just touched me so much because once we're diagnosed, that's all we when you're newly diagnosed and you're not really educated, all you think about is death. And I just yep. think that is so powerful right there, what you you know, what you wrote and what you shared. I just I just I just wrote the truth. It's the naked truth. I just I just I just <laughs> wrote it all out. And, and and you're right. Like I thought about death every single day. It just didn't go away. Every day it was death. So but I and I think I think a great I mean something great comes from that. Um, I think there's so many people, especially young people, that if you don't if you haven't faced your own mortality and the concept of not being on Earth and what that you could die tomorrow. I mean, anyone can die at any time. Like you know, right. we could, I could get hit by lightning right now. So because the weather is so shitty in New York. So. Um, <laughs> But, you know, when, when you come to terms with that you you need to take charge of your own health and that, you know, it is fragile and you can't take things for granted, I think that, that that's a very positive life change. I think great things evolve from that. So, mm-hmm. and you're a living example of that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting choked up there. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> So do you have any um, engagements or anything, book signings? Because I know you've been, like, touring all over doing these book signings, and I'm waiting for you to come to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I really do need to come to Philadelphia. I am moving back to New York because I moved to Nashville in December, and I'm just so indecisive. I really, really miss New York, so I'm, I'm, I'm back. Jack, I guess I'm your neighbor because I'm coming to Harlem. Hell, yeah. <laughs> do, you know where you're, do, do you know where you're moving to? 
Yeah, but do we have to broadcast that right now? <laughs> no, no. Just are you in the are you in the one twenties, the one thirties, the one forties? One forties. Oh, me too, honey. We'll be real close. Okay, <laughs> we gonna tear all them up. All right, yeah, I'm on one forty third, so I can announce that because ain't nobody can find me. Although, well, I I am a big boy. I'm hard to miss, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fabulous. We'll have I'll have to we'll have to exchange information when you get. When do you think you're gonna move? July first, but I get my key on July first. But I actually be at the music festival, doing a speaking engagement there. So I'll probably get here on the fifth and sixth. Oh, good, excellent. Well, we will be happy to have you. It's great up here, and I love it. I know. I I'm, I'm I'm gonna love it. No roommate, no nothing. Kelly was wonderful, but no more roommates living <laughs> by myself. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Kelly too. Yeah. Yeah, I po well, 'cause I posted and also uh Robert posted your our show today on Facebook and Kelly wrote in that she loves you, so she sends her love. That's Kelly Terrell who's we're talking about, so <laughs> Yeah. She's an amazing writer. Yeah. yeah. So, Marvin, one of the, the questions that people um, emailed me asking was, you know, is Marvin single? How does she deal with dating? Um, because men must flock to you. <sighs> wow. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. I'm, 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 I'm like seeing someone right now. I'm so I don't know if I'm really single or not. We haven't made it official. You know, it's not like <laughs> kindergarten check the box, you know, if we're together or not type thing. <laughs> but I mean I, I, I do have someone but that but that is the biggest misconception of marbling is that God spots me. You would think I would be any guy who was infected with HIV who was like heterosexual, bisexual, whatever with holler and wrong answer, wrong answer, wrong answer. I am, they hate me because, <laughs> one, one, because I'm positive and I'm out there. They cannot take it. They they, can, they can't. They can't deal with it because yeah, most oftentimes they're not as public. Well, not most oftentimes, all times. Do you know any heterosexual guy living with HIV who is out there more than me? Right. Okay, so I like I I I they're not I don't know where they are. They they just don't like me for being out there. It's been times they say I think you are so perfect, you are so wonderful, like you are definitely for me, but you're not because you're out there. If you were positive and no one knew, we could rock, we could do this. You know, it could be me and you, but right. That that's the thing. So I, I I'm. I, Hey, that whole dating thing is not as easy for me as everyone would would would, would think. I have yeah. been before meeting this guy. I've been single for a while. When I say a while, like a few years. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I never went without sex. But as far as you know, like a girl girlfriend boyfriend type thing, it's been about four years. So, and more specifically, I mean, before you started seeing this guy, I mean, at least in the U.S. I mean, globally, it's a, a heterosexual disease, and it's m mm -hmm. more than – I mean, it's still the, – the primary group affected in the U.S. is gay men, but 
So I, I would assume that, you know, men that you encounter, it, it, it's even harder for you to, if they don't already know of your story and know of you, it's even harder for you to talk about HIV because, like, at least within the gay community, the gay male community, that's an issue that we talk about a lot. But mm-hmm. in the heterosexual community, you don't, you know, that's hardly addressed. And we, like we've said, it's not addressed enough, period, the end, in any community, but that must have, I mean, I, I would expect that you run into a lot of, you know, people that are shocked or people that that's a deal breaker for, and that's, that must be interesting and rough sometimes. Yeah, you know, one of the shock situations was, it was this, it was this guy, I, it was, it was about five years ago, I said, I'm HIV positive, and he said, if you don't, if you didn't want to have anything to do with me, that's all you had to say. Right. And I was like, huh? It was the funniest thing I had ever heard because he thought that I was lying to him. Wow. Like, well, that's he a, that's was a, that shocked. That's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was crazy. But, no, like, people would definitely think I was, you know, dating and out there. And another thing that I will not go to is a dude who tries to date me through Facebook, MySpace, speaking engagements, or if you know who I am. It's so hard for me because there's trust issues there, like really why do you want to talk to me type thing. You know, is it because I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the public eye, you think I could do something for you, you know, different right. things like that. You know, so that has also, so it's like I've exposed people out and then the guys who are positive ex themselves out. And so then you kind of have what's 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 left. So. Yeah. Well, you know, like I say time and time again, and especially like younger guys that just found out they're infected and they're all worried about dating. And I mean, dating sucks. Like. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's always if it's not an HIV issue, it's the person psycho or they're a liar or there's something going on. So, I mean, you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs regardless of your situation. <laughs> That's just how it, this is how it goes. Please, I'm single. I've been single for five years. I don't, I, obviously I do not have the answers. Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, 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 yep. And I get that all the time. It's so funny, you know, like people really think that, like, Marlon should have the guy. You know, even with this new guy, he's like, you know, where the ex is at? I know you got, like, you know, he's from New York. No, you got mad dudes hollering at you. I'm like, no. I don't. Like, what are you talking about? And even, you know, like, he'll see, like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, if you look at my MySpace and my Facebook, you know, hey, Saudi, I think you're sexy. You know, whatever. But come on now. Seriously? Seriously. Right. <laughs> Like, come on. So, yeah. So, <laughs> it's what it is. So, um, so what's next for you? Like, you're, you, you said you're moving. I know you're moving. And then um, do you have, like, a set schedule? Can they just go on your website and check it out? Or how does, like, if someone well, wants to stalk, if someone wants to stalk you, how do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> Twitter me. No, I'm never on there. <laughs> No, no, no. But I don't, I don't, I don't have a calendar posted up because it, it changes so much. And I mean, there honestly still is security issues around. 
right. being HIV positive and being out there because people are still not, uh, you know, acceptable of this, truth be told. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty much booked up to January with, with, with speaking engagements and, and book signings like that. I really don't know what's next because, like I said, this was never something, you know, I planned I would be doing. I mean, probably like either one of you, you know, like being out there and speaking about HIV. So I'm kind of really just going with the flow right now, going with, you know, with the flow of things, just hoping that I can continue to make a difference in people's lives and really hoping that, you know, they'll make healthier and wiser decisions in their everyday lives. Well, you can also read your blog, right? Yeah, I update my blog like once every week. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to read my blog, feel free. Feel free to read my blog. Don't don't check back every day. You'll be disappointed. But, yeah, I, I, I update it when, you know, I need to. And I was actually, my newest blog that, you know, I was thinking about the other day was going to be called Positive Discrimination. And the reason why I was going to call this blog Positive Discrimination, I was going to talk about me being HIV positive and someone else being HIV positive, but they discriminate against me, and there's a stigma there, and we both have the same thing. Interesting. Yeah, so I was really, because it takes something to, uh, you know, keep coming up or me feel like I need to talk about something for me to write a blog. And, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of over it. You know, I'm really, really over this positive thing. And, you know, I talk, I talk briefly about it, like with the dating thing, you know, like I'm, we got the same thing. What's the problem? But you know, I, what's I, the problem? I, I think that's, I, that's very true. I've, I've dated people who are positive as well, but because I'm so vocal about it, yeah. and even and, and negative people that I've dated as well that are like are are like don't want decide they don't want to be associated with me because they assume that the public will assume that because they're with me they're positive or mm-hmm. and they don't want people to know that they are positive or they're negative and they don't want to be assumed that they're positive. So right, it is crazy. So. <laughs> It it, it 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 really is, and then you get this uh, positive discrimination. I mean, I've got it from females too. I'm just like, what? I mean, we we got these same thing, like, and you know, I was talking to my friend who just happens to be gay, and he was like, I get it in the gay community, like I'm gay, you gay, what what? You know, so it's it's, it's just crazy the stigma uh, amongst the same group of people. Right. It's gotta stop. It's it's gotta stop. It's unacceptable. Right. Which is why we need to all keep doing what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. Well, one thing I wanted to um, to touch on is um, you were also on America's Next Top Model briefly for a, um, uh, a a commercial they were filming, right? Is that what it was for CoverGirl or something? Like was yeah, it was it was a PSA that they've done. Yeah. Okay, and I know you were on there. Uh, briefly, can you talk a little bit about that and how that experience was for you and how it was when you got a call from maybe Tyra's production people being like, hey? Um, well, back then I was a huge fan of America's Next Time Model. I think I was 20, I was, I was 21 at the time, and I had got a call that uh, Tyra Banks had read my bio and she really wanted me to come on the show and um, talk to the girls about using their celebrity 
status for causes, and the causes that, you know, I was talking about was HIV. So she gave them a test and said the winner will get to do a public service announcement that will be airing during, you know, breaks. At that time it was UPN, it wasn't the CW. And um, the commercials would, you know, come through and the, and, um, the girls, so they basically would get a commercial. So, you know, at first they thought I was just someone who was maybe the CEO of an AIDS service organization or something, but when I told them, you know, that I was HIV positive, they were very, you know, honest, you know, saying that, you know, I've I've never met anyone who was HIV positive. You know, it definitely shocked them. And even when the cameras stopped rolling, because there is a time the cameras actually stopped rolling during reality TV, you know, they had lots of questions. They were really intrigued and wanting to know more and, you know, and, and, and they were ignorant just like I was ignorant or anyone else is ignorant. You know, when it comes to HIV, but they were definitely open to to, to learning more, and it was a great um, show actually to put HIV where you wouldn't think it would be. You know, it's not like oh, tune into this HIV special. It's like America's Next Top Model, and then you hit the people with HIV. So you know, it got a great response from the people who usually um, when when know or hear about HIV. Right. Yeah. I think that was probably a, a great, you know, plan and, and, and doing that at the exact time because that was when America's Next Top Model was like like one of the, like, it, and probably still is. I haven't watched it in a few cycles, but it was like one of those, like, Raven shows that were just hitting, like, big times, right? right. Yeah. Oh, I still yeah. watch it, honey. <laughs> I have too many shows to watch. I can't DVR all of them. I'm a TV whore, so I, I'll watch that show. You still watch America's Next Model? Yeah, honey. I love reality TV. <laughs> Even though it's the farthest thing from reality that you can ever possibly imagine, but whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Hello. We're yeah. down to the last two minutes, so I just want to put your website back out there for people listening. You can find more about Marvelin and contact her at marvelinbrown.com. Um, she is the author of The Naked Truth, Young, Beautiful, and HIV Positive, and you can find that on Amazon in your local bookstore and on MarvelinBrown.com. Do you want to spell, spell that just spell? so? Yes, I will. M-A-R-V-E-L-Y-N-B-R-O-W-N. Yeah. And, awesome. Uh, Marvelin, I just want to thank you for coming on and, and you know, taking this moment. Because for me, it's unreal to have somebody like you and then somebody like Jack on the line at the same time for somebody who's <laughs> new to this whole thing. It's just, it's just an amazing thing for me. And I, you know, and I thank you both for just being my friend. It's very, very important to me. So I just wanted to thank Yeah, you. we'll be representing up in Harlem. Yeah, in the 40s. In the 40s. <laughs> thank you all for having me. It's been fun. We have to do it again. I know it took like 10 months to book me, whatever. I'm sorry I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming back. I'll just, I'll just, you can come over to my house and we'll do it live next time from the house. How about that? <laughs> Yay. Okay. So, all right, baby. Thanks, Marvelin. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. And remember, folks, you can learn more about Marvelin at marvelinbrown.com, and you can always join our fan site at pazim.com. Please do. Jackmackenroth.com, and, uh, my HIV education campaign site with Merck is livingpositivebydesign.com, and 
you can join as a friend on there, and there's lots of good resources, and it's all good. Right, and then um, uh, Sunday we will be with Anthony Bongiorno from the AIDS of Friends Foundation in California, and he'll join us live at 9 p.m. on Sunday. Jack, you have a great week. You too. Rock on. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, Robert. <laughs>